You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. I want to talk about that game tonight really quick. The Philadelphia Eagles defeated the New York Giants 22-21. to And man, that ending was pretty entertaining. You know, there's a lot of talk about like, oh man, it was such a great ending. You know, this game was crazy. And it was, but it was between two really bad teams. So I couldn't get too excited about it because the winner was going to have two wins. Uh, that happened to be the Eagles. And I feel bad for the Giants because I feel like the Giants really outplayed the Eagles most of the game. And then the, you know, Carson Wentz basically carried him on his back, uh, carried the Eagles on his back to the uh, winning touchdown, and, and that did it. So uh, overall in this game, I think, uh, you know, that, that throw that Wentz threw to Boston Scott was just right on the money. You can't make a better throw than that. And Carson Wentz is beginning a lot of static in Philadelphia, and I just don't get it. I mean, he his whole entire team is hurt. He doesn't have any weapons. Sean Jackson came back and then got hurt again this game, uh, potentially pretty serious with his knee. Who knows? Like well, you know, we'll find out more. But this just—I don't know. Th- that throw was amazing. Carson Wentz just basically beat the Giants by himself with his own willpower. And you know, Daniel Jones played pretty well. I said he was a start this week, and he was. He he had his interception and he had his fumble. That was recovered by the Eagles that Daniel Jones is really good for. And had the funniest play of the day. Almost had like this 90-yard run quarterback like end around that he was just took off. No one was catching him. And then the craziest thing happened where his body was going faster than he could actually run. So he started stumbling. And I know it's October, so I don't know <laughs> if, uh, you know, the uh, – Zombies are crawling out of the dirt, tripping him over at the uh, 30-yard line. But that's what happened. And uh, you could tell that he was starting to lose it at the 30. He's stumbling, and you're like, stay up, stay up, stay up. And uh, eventually he he lost it and fell down at the 10-yard line and and got tackled by the Eagles. So sure, touchdown. It didn't happen. And we would have been hearing about this more if the Giants didn't score on that possession because that would have been a totally Giants-type thing to do this season. Luckily, they scored with uh, Wayne Gallman a couple plays later. But uh, brought me flashbacks of watching uh, Platoon with Willem Dafoe where, you know, he's left behind uh, and running uh, from the Viet Cong, and they're shooting at him, and he's, you know, stumbling, and you're like, you know, stay up, and he falls down and gets back up, and he's going, and that's a lot of what crossed my mind when I was watching Daniel Jones <laughs> trying to score with no one around him. It just, uh, again, Turf Monster came up and just snatched his toes. Anyways, regardless of uh, or outside of that in, uh, that particular play, I was really impressed with Boston Scott. I was kind of worried about him, and, and just with the volume with Corey Clement, I thought Corey Clement would be getting some more 
carries and action, and that didn't happen. And it, it didn't happen at all, which, you know, which was good for anyone that picked up Boston Scott thinking that he was going to take over for Miles Sanders because he did that. And he got uh, about, you know, 17 points at the running back position, which is a great day for a running back and especially for a fill-in running back. And outside of Boston Scott, though, for the Eagles, you know, Richard uh, Rodgers got targeted eight times at that tight end spot. He was six catches for 85 yards. You know, he is one of those tight ends that uh, we told or we mentioned to pick up a couple weeks ago, mostly because he started to take some of those targets away from Ertz. Well, now he's the guy. And until Goddard gets back in week 10, Richard Rodgers is going to be a pretty good pickup for the next couple weeks, especially with how often the Eagles use that tight end position. So keep that in mind. But again, he had eight targets for, for 85 yards. And Travis Fulgham, he was targeted a lot, 11 times. He only caught five of those, but he had 73 yards. And especially towards the red zone, he was targeted quite a bit in the red zone. So you got to... Even though you didn't get the uh, the numbers that you you wanted in regards to the fantasy football points, seven point three is you know not ideal, but uh, you got to be encouraged by those red zone targets and, and and knowing that that's coming more in the future, especially with Deshaun Jackson getting hurt. Uh, this is really going to be you know Alshon Jeffrey when he comes back. Whenever that is, we we thought it was going to be weeks ago, and he's he's still out. But Fulgham, Jeffrey, and then uh, whenever uh, Rager gets back from IR, that's going to be a, a pretty it's a more dynamic duo than what they have now. Greg Ward actually had a, a decent day. That touchdown pretty much saved him. He was targeted six times. He had forty two yards and a touchdown. And outside of that, I mean, it really running the ball wise you know Carson Wentz had three touchdowns one rushing two passing so overall good day for Carson Wentz like I said he carried the team and then Daniel Jones did pretty pretty good I mean uh he he was he was passable and uh we'll see how that holds up with the other quarterbacks the the rest of the week I think he'll fall outside of that top 12 for sure but um if he can stop turning the ball over he is putting up the the stats to at least be uh, a top twenty quarterback, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see if it holds up. The, the schedule's getting easier. I don't want to talk about it anymore because I always uh, fall back to that. But the fact that Daniel Jones got ninety two yards rushing, he almost rushed for a hundred yards, and I get it was all on one run, but uh, that's uh, that's pretty much what saved him. And Devonta Freeman got hurt in this one. And, you know, he was a bench anyways. He There's two guys that were supposed to be benches. One was Devonta Freeman. So um, it, it was a good call. Not that we could predict he was going to get hurt, but Wayne Gallman came in, carried the ball a lot, got a touchdown. And even with that touchdown, I mean, Gallman had <coughs> – he, he did all right. Could have um, – Got you about 10 points, which, you know, is an average fantasy football day for a running back. Sterling Shepard is actually the story of the day, though. He was targeted eight times, 
had six catches for 59 yards and a touchdown. And he looked like the biggest playmaker on the Giants. And he, Daniel Jones was, you know, he kept going to him. And so it looks like he has that rapport with Sterling Shepard. Um, moving forward, I actually think he might be the receiver to own. Dare Slayton only had a couple catches for 23 yards. Pretty disappointing day. And Golden Tate, he only had the one catch, but it was a touchdown, so it was a big one. And kind of salvaged the fact that I told everyone to start Golden Tate this week. Uh, and uh, Evan Ingram, targeted nine times, had six catches for 46 yards. And that seems to be his M.O. He'll get targeted, like, you know, double-digit times and end up with whatever any, uh, with ever how many receptions he has. He'll end up with between 40 and 50 yards every week. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Breaking news. There is some news of note. And some of it's not good. Raiders offensive line, they all tested for COVID, which means that game is in jeopardy now with the Buccaneers. That was a Sunday night game, so that moved to Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon. And the Seattle-Arizona game was moved out to the Sunday night game, which I'll be honest, I actually want to see the Seattle-Arizona game anyways. Um, although... You know, this Raider-Buccaneer game was also kind of intriguing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of scary right now on if this game's even going to happen. And it'd be disappointing to have a Sunday night game that ends up just being postponed or canceled due to the offense having COVID. And uh, we'll see how that transpires. Hopefully it's not a long-term thing and they'll be able to play. But not good news if you're a Raider fan. Not good news if you're the Raiders uh, the Ravens, they traded for Yannick Naku uh, from the Vikings. Uh, Yannick, you know, played with the Jaguars all those years. Really good player. Got traded to the Vikings. And kind of a, you know, exciting time for the Vikings. You, you know, they were trying to improve that defense because they lost a lot of people over the offseason. But the Vikings are just a mess defensively. They're not getting it done, and right now it looks like they're just trying to sell off some assets to start stockpiling for the future. And hopefully uh, part of that stockpiling for the future means better uh, defensive players uh, are brought into the fold because, you know, this is so unlike the Minnesota Vikings. They've always had great defenses in the past, and and to see them playing like this is just very un-Viking-like. So... Uh, good move, uh, sending him to the Ravens. Ravens could use him. Uh, that, that just makes their defense even more formidable. They're the number one defense in the NFL, so the the number one defense just got better. And like I said, the Vikings, they weren't winning with him, so why not get some assets for him? Even though the assets the Vikings got for him was not very much. It was a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. And that third-round pick is basically a compensatory pick for the Ravens anyway. So they're like, hey, we'll give you a third-round pick, and then we'll lose him in free agency because he'll go somewhere else for more money. And then we'll get that third-round compensatory pick for him. So smart play all around by the, the Ravens in this trade. And uh, they're shrewd. You know, they're they're 
doing a good job over there in Baltimore. And speaking of Baltimore, this is the other item of news. Des Bryant, and you know, I was speaking of zombies earlier with Daniel Jones, uh, which is fitting uh, since this is October. Des Bryant is actually a living zombie. You, you think he's gone, he's done with football, you're never going to see him again, and he comes back battered and bruised, probably bleeding out the head a little bit, but uh, he's being signed to the Ravens practice squad. And I think this is a great move. You know, they were interested in, well, I'm not saying they're interested in Antonio Brown, but they were rumored to be one of the teams that would be a good fit for Antonio Brown, which they would have been because I don't feel like the receivers are very dynamic. Uh, they're not very physical. They're getting pushed around a little bit. And having a, a person like Des Bryant, who was a, a pretty physical receiver that, uh, uh, yeah, you know, if they can just get, 70% of the Des Bryant they had before, they'll be in good shape. And, you know, Des Bryant uh, will be on the practice squad, so it's kind of a low-risk signing as well. I mean, if he pans out, great. Sign him to the active roster, put him in there. If not, then, you know, you wasted a practice squad spot for him. And especially with expanded practice squad space, that's uh, a pretty good deal. So, you know, <clears throat> we might this year we might see Des Bryant with his uh, zombie leg uh, dragging it across the field, catching touchdown passes for the Ravens, and uh, even with that, uh, even with the, that happening, he will definitely uh, still outscore probably all the Ravens receivers and, and what they've done so far this year. So uh, I hate to be, uh, uh, you know, I hate to be chirping at the the Ravens, but or, or the Ravens receivers, I should say, but. Uh, the, their production at that receiver position has been pretty disappointing, and I think that's what's holding the Ravens' offense back. It's a pretty dynamic offense, but people can't get open. It's hard to pass the ball. Lamar Jackson's not a very accurate passer to begin with, so uh, you can't get that separation. It makes things pretty difficult. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. Getting right into the previews. This is uh, the part of the show that I enjoy. I like going through the different picks and who to start and sit. But the first game we'll touch up on is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are favored by eight. I like the Chargers in the eight points. I just feel like it's a Jaguars have to travel a long way. They haven't been playing well lately, and the Chargers have been playing well despite their record. I think they're better than the record, but Chargers always kind of have a slow start and then pick things up at the end, no matter who the coach is, and I kind of feel like that's going to start happening here soon. In regards to who to start, I'm sitting everybody on the Jaguars basically. I don't like James Robinson in this matchup. 
He's had some good matchups the last couple of weeks where I thought he would explode, and he hasn't done much. Uh, DJ Chark, LaVishka Chenault, Keelan Cole. I mean, out of all these, I would probably play Keelan Cole. DJ Chark, I'm still worried about his injury. He came back last week, and he just, you know, he was targeted, but just wasn't very productive. In this matchup, I can kind of see the same thing because I think he'll be the most uh, – they'll be the one that the uh, the defense is going to be focusing on. The Visca Chanel, just uh, – he's, he's a good gadget type guy, a good change of pace guy, and he can do a lot of different things, but I don't think he's going to have a solid game in this one. Uh, I like Keelan Cole out of everybody in this one. You know, that second receiver who's – just solid and consistent, can move the chains. I think that type of receiver is going to have pretty good production. So I think that Gardner Minshew, Keelan Cole uh, connection is going to really work out. And if Tyler Eifert plays, I actually like him in this game. And uh, I don't say that lightly because it's not like I go every week recommending Tyler Eifert. But in this one, for some reason, I just have a good feeling on it. It's a good matchup for him. So I think you should start him if you're looking for a tight end, if you have injuries or you're on a bye. Um, guards to the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert is definitely a start. I think he has a monster game, and uh, he's going to build off of what he did the previous week. And I am really impressed with Herbert. I thought he was going to be a quarterback that was kind of a prospect that was going to take some time to develop, and... He's proven me wrong on that, you know. Not that I didn't think he was going to be a good quarterback. I just thought he was going to take some time. And he's showing he's ready. And this Chargers offense looks a lot more threatening with Herbert at quarterback than with Tyrod Taylor. Joshua Kelly, Justin Jackson, I'm starting both of them. I think this is a breakout for one of them this game. I mean, this game is just primed for one of them to do really well. I don't know which one. My money's kind of on Justin Jackson just because I feel like he's being more involved in the passing game and he's getting more of the volume. Well, at least he did last week. So I'm kind of leaning Justin Jackson, but of course he's kind of banged up, so we'll see. Hopefully he's not too banged up. Uh, If that's the case, then obviously I like Joshua Kelly a lot, but... uh, that's something to monitor and pay attention to because I think both could have potential to have a really big game. Mike Williams, I really like. He doesn't necessarily have a good matchup in this one, um, but I just have visions of Herbert just chucking it up to Mike Williams over and over again in this one and connecting. And Keenan Allen is hurt, so he's a sit for me. Uh, I don't think he's going to be that effective. Uh and especially with him being banged up, makes me double down on I'm not sure he's going to be effective. So that's why I'm really high on Mike Williams, because somebody has to catch the ball, and I think it'll be him. And then also Hunter Henry. I mean, this is like a prime matchup for Hunter Henry. So I expect Hunter Henry to have a really big game. And, you know, you might be asking, how big of a game do you think Hunter Henry's going to have? Well, we will get to that in a little bit. But uh, for now, I'll... Hunter Henry is definitely a must-start in all formats. And, yeah, Chargers, eight points. Take the Chargers, take the eight points. This will be, I think this will be a middle-of-the-road game, you know, mid-20s to, like, you know, 17. 
28 to 17 is what the score I'm predicting is for this one. This next game we're previewing is the San Francisco 49ers at the New England Patriots. And this game is just nasty. And I say it's nasty because it's a game that I want to watch, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of offensive production. The San Francisco 49ers are going across the country to New England. New England's favored by three points as of this podcast. And I'm taking San Francisco and giving up, or and I'm taking the three points. I just, you know, I, I just don't like the way New England was just at home against Denver. I like the way the 49ers represented against the Rams. Rams were a pretty good team. The Rams and the Patriots, to me, are pretty similar in just their offense and defense. And before you jump on my back about that, I definitely, you know, the Rams are definitely have more firepower than the Patriots. Uh, I just think in regards of scheme and how they run things, they, they, they kind of remind me of the same offense. But regardless, uh, you're starting Debo Samuel. I, I like Debo Samuel a lot in this game. I think they can do a lot of different things with him and really throw the Patriots off balance. So if I have Debo Samuel, he's definitely a flex play for me. Not more than a flex play, though, because uh, you probably have better uh, options at receiver than Debo Samuel. But this could be actually a pretty sneaky game for him where he's productive. George Kittle has a horrible matchup. And, I'm, you know, Patriots always take your worst weapon away, or your best weapon away, I should say. And George Kittle's that weapon for the 49ers. So I think it's going to be tough sledding for George Kittle. They're going to do everything they can, uh, the Patriots are, to make sure that George Kittle doesn't affect the game. But he's George Kittle, you're starting him, and you're, you're going to deal with it. You're sitting Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't like him in this game. I don't like him in a lot of games, but especially this one. Cam Newton, I don't like him in this one. I don't think he'll be able to get a lot of rushing yards. And when you take away Cam Newton's rushing yards, he's really not that effective of a quarterback. Uh, what makes him so special is just how dynamic he is. And, you know, he can run the ball, pass the ball. What's he going to do? When you are able to contain one of those, it makes him really one-dimensional and easy to to manage. Jarek McKinnon, I'm benching him. And... You know, I know Mostert's not playing, McKinnon's playing, you think he's going to get a lot of the workload. I'm not sold on that. Uh, Michael Hasty might be in there. You know, they used him last time, last week, and he was okay. Wilson's still there. I still think they're going to go to a committee. Uh, the McKinnon magic is running out a little bit, and I I don't think he's, the you know, a good play. And especially with the Patriots, they're good at defending the, the rush, so... All around, that just, it doesn't sit right with me. Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, um, James White. If you're a New England running back, you're on the bench, uh, which is a shame because I really like Damian Harris. He just had some really, had some pretty tough matchups, so it's hard to put him in there. As soon as he has a good matchup, man, you probably want to put Damian Harris in there. I think he'll uh, do uh, great things for for the Patriots this year. Just uh, not in this matchup. And uh, I'm not liking his his cohorts in the backfield either. Nikhil Harry, you're benching. Julian Edelman, I would like to 
start him because, again, Newton does like to target Edelman, but Edelman's dropping the ball all over the place. He just doesn't look right. He's not doing well. He actually could be dropped in some leagues with his production. So it's tough to trust him right now. He's on my bench. And same with Demir Bird, Ryan Izzo. All, all uh, Patriots are pretty much on my bench, um, unfortunately. Uh, I have Brandon Ayuk on here for the 49ers because he's going to be that other receiver. And I just, again, I think there's room for Debo Samuel, but I don't think there's enough volume going around in the passing game to like Brandon Ayuk on top of that. So we'll be interesting. And, uh, again, this is intriguing not for the offensive output, but just, you know, watching those two defenses against each other, uh, which one's going to break first. This next game is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. And this is crazy. The Broncos are at home. Chiefs are favored by nine and a half points. And I get that the Chiefs are a really good team, a lot better than the Broncos this year. But nine and a half points at Denver is scary to me, especially the Chiefs, you know, Last time Patrick Mahomes played at Denver, he that was the game he busted his kneecap. Um, the time before, it was kind of a, a tough outing. So this is a tough place for Kansas City to play historically. And I'm writing that fact and picking the Denver Broncos to cover the 9.5 points. I just don't see Kansas City winning by, by more than that. I, I think Kansas City will win, but not by 9.5. This is just kind of one of those goofy games that uh, Chiefs don't play well in. Uh, starting set, uh, starting Patrick Mahomes, Broncos are like the 24th worst uh, team in the NFL at defending the quarterback. So Mahomes is definitely a start for me here. And it's Mahomes, you're starting him. Melvin, or sorry, I'll go keep it uh, with the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Travis Kelsey. Those are all starts for me for different reasons. Tyreek Hill has a good matchup. The Denver secondary is battered and bruised and decimated. And Tyreek Hill is such a good talent. So I'm starting him. And then I'm, I'm starting McCole Hardman too because Sammy Watkins is hurt. And everyone, I, I, I get, you know, I get it. Everyone's like, we started McCole Hardman last year or last week and he was supposed to be a good start and he didn't do anything. Well, I think it's kind of the law of averages where you think someone's going to do something and they don't and you give up on it. The very next week they go and do something and perform. And McCole Hardman's such a big play threat that uh, I think he has a, a decent game. You know, I think this is one of those games you can get like that 60-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown. And if that's all you get from him, that's a pretty good day for like a flex spot. So I'll take it if that's what happens. Uh, so he, he's a start for me there. Travis Kelsey has a horrible matchup. Denver can defend the tight end. But having said that, uh, it's Travis Kelsey, so you're not thinking twice about it. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, really bad matchup. I am putting him on my bench. Um, if I'm not putting him on my bench, I, I might have him as a flex option, and that's it. I just don't like this matchup at all. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a big game. And Le'Veon Bell's going to be there. And uh, I'm not sure Le'Veon Bell has a great game just coming, you know, 
starting with the Chiefs right away and trying to acclimate to that offense. So I don't know how that's going to look. Denver's good at stopping the running back position, and I just want no part of it. There's just too too many variables to uh, for me to be confident about any running back for the Chiefs in this one. For the Denver, oh, and Demarcus Robin uh, Robertson, I have him on my bench. I, I don't feel like he's a big, you know, Byron Pringle could get as many targets as Robertson, so you don't even know who uh, that who will get those volume uh, passes from Mahomes, and I'm out on both of them. You, you don't have them on your roster, so it's not even worth a, a long discussion about it. Um, the Broncos, starting Melvin Gordon, I, I think Melvin Gordon has a pretty good game. If he plays, if not, you know, I'm starting Phil Lindsay. I think Phil Lindsay will have a good game if uh, Melvin Gordon doesn't play. But here's the thing. I'm only playing Phil Lindsay if Melvin Gordon doesn't play. If Melvin Gordon doesn't play, I really like Phil Lindsay. If Melvin Gordon does play, I don't like Phil Lindsay as much. I think Melvin Gordon will get the passing volume uh, against the Chiefs and also get all the carries. So, uh, you know, Lindsey will get six to eight touches maybe, if that's the case, and that's not good enough for me to start him. So, uh, But Melvin Gordon, go for it. If he plays, he's a good start. Uh, Tim Patrick, I like him a lot in this one. The, the Chiefs can defend the receivers pretty well, but Tim Patrick's just coming out of nowhere. Like, you watch some of these catches he makes, and especially last week, he was... He was a beast, and, you know, he's getting, like, eight targets a game, and, and he's catching, like, six to eight balls a game, and that's significant, and that's definitely worthy to start. You know, you get that many opportunities at wide receiver in the NFL, and you're on my start list. So I like Tim Patrick. Play him. I'm sitting Drew Locke. I don't think he has a, a – he has an efficient game, but not a good game, not, not one that he would be, like, starting material for this one. But – I think, you know, Drew Locke might be starter-worthy in some of these matchups down the line, so it's definitely something to think about. Uh, I liked what I saw from Drew Locke with the Patriots. They couldn't finish drives. You know, he looked a little rusty, but I think with some good matchups here, he uh, he can turn that around. And, and Jerry Judy, the rookie, I'm having him on my bench right now. Uh, I like the talent. I just uh, don't trust him to be a contributor for your fantasy football team just quite yet but anyway yeah this is uh this game in the mile high city will i think be a little interesting and uh won't play out the way people are thinking it's going to play out all right i saved this game for last for a reason it's the supposed sunday night game that's not the sunday night game it's the sunday afternoon game it, this is a game that was moved. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Las Vegas Raiders. And, and there's there's a lot to like in this game, but also um, some surprise sits that we'll go through. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're starting Tom Brady. And he kind of has a middle-of-the-road matchup in this one. But the way Tom Brady has been playing, you, you don't want to keep him on your bench if you don't have to. So I, I like him as a start this week. Uh, Ronald Jones has an amazing play here against the Raiders. Raiders can't defend the the pass very well uh, from out of the backfield. That's 
definitely going to be Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette might be available for this game, but I think it's kind of smoke and mirrors. Ronald Jones has kind of taken this role and ran with it. And I just, Bruce Arians is one of those guys that, uh, you know, until you fumble or do something stupid, he'll ride with you. Uh, but then first chance, you know, first mistake you make, he's roll, you know, moving on to somebody else. So as long as Ronald Jones can have a clean game, I think he gets the majority of that volume and has a really productive day. At uh, wide receiver, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and I put Tyler Johnson on here because I'm intrigued with Tyler Johnson. I like Tyler Johnson a lot. He's starting to get more volume over Scotty Miller and Justin Watson, and he's that uh, rookie receiver from Minnesota. And Tom Brady's starting to use him. You know, if you looked at two weeks ago, he was involved. You look at last week, his his uh, targets went up. And uh, Tom Brady, you know, once he builds that trust with you, he'll start going to you. So uh, not to say that uh, he's going to take away from Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. I, I just think they're all really good plays here, and they need to be started. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bray. They could be on your bench. The tight end position doesn't do well against the the uh, Raiders. That's the one thing that they can defend. So keep them on your bench. The the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh Jacobs, doesn't really have a good matchup, but you're starting him because he's your number one back, and you're not keep him, keeping him on your bench, regardless on how disappointing Josh Jacobs has been these last couple weeks. Um, really, after the first week. He had an amazing first week and it's been pretty quiet since. Uh, Darren Waller, same thing. It's a pretty bad matchup for him, but Darren Waller is one of their main targets and he just gets a lot of volume. So you're not going to put that on the bench, especially with how fickle the tight end position is, especially this year. You're sitting Derek Carr. I'm sorry. I don't like this matchup. Tampa Bay's defense is pretty good. This is a this isn't the Buccaneers of old that uh, just bled yardage and touchdowns to everybody. Uh, Henry Ruggs I don't like. I think they'll be able to contain Henry Ruggs. And Hunter Renfro is in that list too. I mean, those are the guys. Maybe they'll use Zay Jones. Maybe Brian Edwards will be back from his injury. Who knows? But uh, that whole mess outside of Renfro and Ruggs, um, I'm, I'm not messing with. The, uh, the HR twins... Uh, Henry Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. They're, uh, I like them as talents, but in this game it's just the, the, the Buccaneers are, are really good. Um, Las Vegas Raiders are favored by three points at home, and I just don't like that at all. I think the Buccaneers win this game. If you're giving me three points on top of me thinking that they win this game, give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just... This is a bad matchup for the Las Vegas Raiders, and I don't, I just don't think they're going to uh, be able to match up well with the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers are going to win this game. The Sunday night special game is the, well, was supposed to be the Buccaneers and Raiders. Now it is the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks are favored by three points, and I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. I'm taking the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals not necessarily win this game, but it's going to be really tight. And uh, I, I want the Cardinals at home and those three points. 
I'm definitely chasing those three points. So, starting Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray has a great uh, Murray has a great game rushing and throwing the ball. It's going to be really hard for the Seahawks to stop. Kenyon Drake, I like him as a receiver in this one. He had a, an amazing game. He he kind of was taking the season off in regards to his play, and then decided to uh, wake up and and go do something. Uh, he's he's not sleeping behind the wheel anymore. I, I like the, uh, you know, I, I think he does a lot of damage through the air, catching the the balls from Kyler Murray. And DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I like him a lot in this matchup. Kyler Murray has to throw it somewhere. DeAndre Hopkins gets a bunch of targets. Uh, Hopkins finally had kind of an off game last week against the Cowboys. You know, he had that big 60-yard play that kind of made up for, uh, a, you know, it, it was going to be a really quiet day, and that kind of made up for it a little bit. Overall, though, still not a great uh, game, but I think he comes back this game and just dominates the Seahawks. Uh, but that's if he plays. He was held out of practice, so that's concerning. It's something to monitor because, uh, it, you know, if he's not playing, I really like Christian Kirk. And I like Christian Kirk anyways, even with DeAndre Hopkins playing, because Seattle gives up a lot of yards to that second receiver. And right now, you can't convince me it's not Christian Kirk. He only had three targets last game, and I think those improve this week. I think you're going to see a lot of Christian Kirk in this game. And he definitely needs to be your flex play and be in your starting lineup. I'm sitting Chase Edmonds. Um, I'm hoping the emergence of Drake means the Chase Edmonds play can kind of be put to rest. Um, we'll see. He, he, I definitely would hang on to Edmonds, you know, just to wait out a couple games to see how this whole thing shakes out. But for now, he's a bench. Isabella, Fitzgerald, they're all benches. And then uh, Dan Arnold, we don't need to talk about. He's a non-factor. And really, he can't do anything, you know. With Dan Arnold, you kind of are like, well, he's not catching balls, so he's probably doing a good job blocking. Well, he's not really doing a good job of doing that either. So uh, I, I can see him being replaced here pretty quickly in the starting lineup. For the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. We don't need to talk about it. It's not a great matchup for him, to be honest, but, I mean, he's having an MVP-type season. You're throwing him out there. And it's kind of the same with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Not really great uh, matchups for them, but with how many targets those guys get every game and with Russell Wilson as well, uh, you just can't keep them on your bench. They need to be in your starting lineup, and you need to play them, Uh, which I guess is the same thing if they're in your starting lineup. But uh, sitting-wise, you're sitting Greg Olson. That's it for the Seahawks. Everything else, you know, Chris Carson, I think he has a big game. He's going to have a great game running the ball, and I think he's going to be uh, having a pretty good day catching the ball out of the backfield as well. So Chris Carson is going to surprise people this week with his production, and I'm looking forward to watching it since it's going to be Sunday night now. And uh, I actually am more excited for this game than I I am for the Raider game. So uh, let's move on to the Monday night game. All right, the Monday night game. And as you can tell, I'm not that excited about it. 
and I'm really not. I mean, Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are favored by five and a half, and I'm taking the Bears in this one. I, it's just going to be a sloppy, low-scoring defensive game, and you're giving me five and a half points with the Bears. I'm going to take it. You know, the Bears are five and one. You know, they don't look good doing. You know, I guess they don't look good being a five and one team, but it's okay. It doesn't matter what it looks like. And I just don't think they're getting the respect in this game that they should. So I'm taking the Bears, getting the five and a half points, and this is going to be a low-scoring, not fun game to watch. Uh, starting, you're starting Allen Robinson for the Bears, and you're only starting him because he's their best weapon. He gets a lot of targets. He's matchup-proof. He, he doesn't have a good matchup, but you're playing Allen Robinson. Jimmy Graham, he has a middle-of-the-road matchup, but Jimmy Graham has been targeted quite a bit lately by Nick Foles. Nick Foles loves the guy, and I'm not going to argue that. I'm just going to put Jimmy Graham in my lineup for tight end and watch him produce. Uh, but that's really it for the Bears. Everyone else is a sit. You know, you're sitting Nick Foles. You're sitting David Montgomery, Cordero Patterson, Anthony Miller, Darnell Mooney, everybody. And... You know, the David Montgomery love is, well, I don't think he has much love, but he's just, you know, we talk about this every week, and uh, you put him in your starting lineup because he, he gets so much volume, and you don't want to take him out, but it's really ugly. It's like, you know, you put him in there, you expect production, and you get the production, but it just doesn't look right. Like, touchdowns save him all the time. He gets like 40 yards rushing every game. But this one, I think, is, you know, this is a tough matchup. I don't think he's able to do that this game, and he'll kind of be exposed and maybe end the the game with, you know, 40 to 50 yards, and that's it. Maybe 14 yards receiving or so. I don't expect this to be a real productive day for Montgomery. And I don't want to rip on the guy because I actually do like Montgomery as a running back. I just think his situation in Chicago is horrible. And anyone having that star running back role in Chicago is going to uh, be three yards in a cloud of dust. Uh, the, the Rams, we'll move on to the Rams. You are starting Robert Woods, and you're starting him because he doesn't have a good matchup, but I just think he's the most consistent receiver. He's the one that Jared Goff looks to, and he will get a lot of targets. And I know he's buddy buddies with Cooper Cup. And so you figure maybe Cooper Cup would be the play here, but I just am not seeing it. I, I'm not seeing it at all. I, I think Cooper Cup's on the bench. Tyler Higby, he has a middle-of-the-road matchup, but, I mean, the Rams got to get offense somewhere, so I think Tyler Higby might be able to slide into the top 12 this week. And, you know, Ger Gerald Everett's still there, so you're like, is he really going to slide into the top 12? Because there's two tight ends that uh, – you know, need to be fed. And I get that. I just have a hunch about Tyler Higby. I feel like he's going to be in the top 12. And uh, even, you know, it's a middle-of-the-road matchup with with how bad the tight end situation is this week. I'm, I'm, I'm putting him in my lineup. Um, oh, yeah, sitting still. Jared Goff, uh, he, this is a horrible matchup for him. I don't think he has any production whatsoever. The Henderson, Akers, Malcolm Brown, 
DMC, I'll start calling them, run DMC for uh, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Cam Akers. They're, uh, they're all on the bench. I just don't feel good about any of them in this matchup. And then, uh, yeah, Josh Reynolds. That's pretty much it. But, uh, yeah, when I have this many sits, again, I think it's going to be low scoring. And uh, unlike the 49er Patriots game where I'm excited to watch these defensive uh, defenses battle it out, I'm not excited about this game at all. Here's the part of the show where we go through our fan duel lineup, try to win our listeners some money while they're trying to put together their their lineups. And this is an interesting week because there's guys I really, really like. And of course they're really, really expensive and everybody's going to really, really, really like them as well. So what I try to do is try to take the points I think that are out there that are kind of a given and then try to do some like cheap options with some really high upside. And we'll see if it works out. I was in the money last week, so this makes two weeks in a row that I was in the money. That makes me feel pretty good. And uh, hopefully, you know, I can keep the uh, streak going that I had uh, last year. So starting off at quarterback, I have Matthew Stafford against Atlanta. He's $7,300, but Atlanta's the worst possible defense against the quarterback and Kirk Cousins was the start last week not for me but for a lot of people and he started off with three interceptions negative like three points and it looked like it was going to be a disaster and then Cousins came back the second half and just threw two touchdowns to Jefferson uh, Thielen was involved like he blew it up and was one of the, almost one of the top quarterbacks uh, in a half of football. So I, I'm not forgetting about that. And Stafford, I think, is a you know a less mistake prone quarterback than Cousins is. So I'm starting Matthew Stafford with confidence. I think he has a big game at uh, running back. I went for the highest option, Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's just so much to like about this matchup. Panthers are 32nd against the running back and that's receiving and rushing and with as much as Alvin Kamara does both I mean he's basically going against their weakness no matter what he does and with Alvin Kamara's talent it's just a no-brainer for me I just I think he's really going to have a huge game and uh, he needs to be started in all formats no matter how expensive he is my next running back is Aaron Jones He's at $8,500, so again, I'm really breaking the bank at my running back positions, but I don't care because these are the guys I really think are going to have huge games. Houston Texans, you know, you saw what Dalvin Cook did a couple weeks ago. You saw what Derrick Henry did just last week, 220 yards and two touchdowns. So Aaron Jones, to me, is in that same kind of, he's that same caliber of running back, and you know, he's more of a receiving, uh, he's more dynamic receiving than Derrick Henry is. So you put those two together, and I think Aaron Jones is actually probably the running back play of the week all the way around. I really like him. Uh, my first receiver that I'm playing is kind of a reach where I'm trying to go for high upside to uh, counter 
the you know the more expensive popular picks. And I'm going with T. Higgins for the Bengals against the Cleveland Browns. If you haven't paid attention to the Browns, they're horrible at defending receivers. And basically they can't do it. And T. Higgins is getting more and more targets every game from Joe Burrow. They're really building a rapport. And I think Higgins is the most dynamic receiver. I was going to go Boyd here, but uh, I ran out of money. Uh, I needed an extra... $200. $200. So I was like, well, I'll take the next best thing, you know, if uh, I think Boyd's going to really eat up the uh, the Browns in that slot position because b- the Browns can't defend it. But Higgins is uh, is the other receiver outside of A.J. Green, and uh, he's he's going to get the volume. So I, I'll take that volume of Higgins, and uh, uh, hopefully the, the gamble pays off. Mike Williams is my next receiver. He's at $5,900. He's against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I just can't get the visions of Herbert throwing it up to Mike Williams and just letting him come down with it. That happened quite a bit against the uh, Saints the last week. Um, And, well, I should say two weeks ago. And I just think that uh, that you're going to see more of that this week. And... Keenan Allen's banged up. You're not sure if he's going to play or not, though I really think he does play. I don't think that's a question. Keenan Allen's pretty tough dude and plays through a lot of stuff. But uh, I, I, I think this is a game that's just right for Mike Williams to excel at. And uh, the Jaguars, you know, they're they're not horrible against the wide receivers, but they're not great necessarily. Uh, and I think a lot of their focus will be on Keenan Allen if he plays. My next receiver is Deontay Johnson. He's going against Tennessee. Tennessee's horrible at defending the wide receiver. I think the big thing here is there's so many options for Pittsburgh. You know, Chase Claypool is really coming out, uh, coming out of the, his shell and emerging as a young star for the Steelers. Juju Smith-Schuster has been disappointing, but he's an option. Like, he can just blow up any game. James Washington's been involved. Uh, but Deontay Johnson's been hurt. And every game that he's played and played the whole game, he's gotten double-digit points and he's gotten double-digit targets. So I'm going with him just because I know he's going to get the targets. I can expect probably at least 10 points from him, and that's his floor. So his ceiling could be even more so. And at $5,800, that gamble is just really worth it to me. Like I said, I I spent all my money on the running back position, so uh, I got to look for some value at the wide receiver positions. And this is my thinking with those guys and with that amount of money. Moving on to tight end, I have TJ Hawkinson, the Detroit Lions quarter or tight end. I have Matthew Stafford, so Stafford Hawkinson's my quarterback tight end combo. Uh, Falcons can't defend the the tight end position. You know, Galladay, Marvin Jones, they could have big games as well, but. I just think that uh, Hawkinson's going to get the touchdowns, and that's what I'm chasing. It's a good matchup, so play Hawkinson. And I, I only think there's a couple matchups that are even intriguing, and that is Hunter Henry and T.J. Hawkinson. And I just like Hawkinson a little bit more. And he's a lot cheaper, so that played into it too. Uh, my flex option is Kareem Hunt against the Bengals, $7,100. You need to be careful because Cream Hunt has hurt ribs. 
He's he's like Baker Mayfield, where make, uh, Baker Mayfield played with broken ribs or hurt ribs the week before. Now, Kareem Hunt has some hurt ribs. But this matchup is just prime for him to break out. He was kind of uh, bottled up by the Steelers a little bit. And the Bengals, I don't think they're going to have that problem. And I, I think the Browns were a little bit embarrassed last week. I think they come out with a vengeance. They come out angry. And they really run it down the Bengals' throats. And Cream Hunt's going to be the main culprit of that. He's going to get all the, the volume uh, carrying the ball. You know, you might see Ernest Johnson mixed in there a little bit. But, uh, you know, Cream Hunt's going to be the guy. He's a workhorse. You need to ride him. You need to put him on your in your lineup. My last choice, and this is defense, is the San Francisco 49ers. I really wanted the Bills against the Jets. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to get it. I, w- I wouldn't have enough money. And I didn't. I was about $500 short. But, you know, I, I talked about this matchup already during our previews. I, I think it's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be low scoring. And so I'm taking the 49ers in this one. And $4,400 against New England who, you know, isn't getting a lot done offensively. It's uh, It was too good to be true. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Maltabon Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Stars of the Week. This is our fun segment where I try to pick the top three players at each position. And we'll see how I do. At quarterback, my number three star of the week is Teddy Bridgewater at the Saints. Saints do not defend the quarterback very well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has some weapons in DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, and I really think that both of them have pretty decent games against the Saints defense. So, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, it's uh, one of those ones where it's kind of under the radar talking about Teddy Bridgewater in this matchup because you just think the Saints are going to win. And uh, But there's still fantasy points to be had for the Panthers on the Saints defense, and I I think Teddy Bridgewater ends the day as a top three. My number two star of the week is Matthew Stafford at the Falcons. We don't need to talk about this. Kirk Cousins, you know, played one half of football after throwing three interceptions in the first half and was one of the top five quarterbacks of the, the week. So I'm starting Matthew Stafford with confidence. I think he's going to have a huge week. It's going to be his first huge week of the season. And you need to be starting Matthew Stafford in all formats. He's going to just annihilate this Falcons defense. And that leads to my number one star of the week. Speaking of annihilation, I have Aaron Rodgers. He's on his revenge tour. He had a bad week against the Buccaneers. And I think they take it out on the Texans. Aaron Rodgers, you know, Devontae Adams is probably going to be coming back. And, you know, Aaron Jones as a receiving threat. Uh, There's just too much to like in this matchup. And it just leads to a lot of goodness stat-wise for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anyone touches him this week. I think he's the clear-cut number one quarterback of the week. At running back, my number three is Kareem Hunt against the Bengals. And this is going to be kind of repetitive because I talked about him in FanDuel. He's just going to eat a lot in this game. I think the Browns are going to go back to controlling the line of scrimmage, running the ball, 
trying to make sure the Bengals don't uh, outscore their defense. Um, and the best way to do that is to keep them off the field. So that leads to a big day for Kareem Hunt. My number two running back is Aaron Jones. We talked about him too. This is against the Texans. You saw what Derrick Henry did. You saw what Dalvin Cook did. Aaron Jones is same caliber. He needs to be in your starting lineup. And then my number one star of the week, and you know we're going for the trifecta of running backs we've already talked about, but uh, Alvin Kamara against the Panthers. It just lines up too good in this matchup. Panthers can't defend the running back out of the backfield receiving the ball, and they can't stop them very well when they rush the ball either. Alvin Kamara does both. I, I do realize that uh, Latavius Murray can be heavily involved as well, but uh, Alvin Kamara's big playability, I just think he just has multiple big plays in this game and is really the uh, the, the running back to, to own and start in your lineup in all FanDuel line, uh, matchups, DraftKings matchups, fantasy football matchups, any matchup that you have, you know, fantasy football with your grandma over the weekend, have Alvin Kamara in your lineup. Wide receiver, my number three star of the week is Terry McLaurin. And I say this because I think Kyle Allen's going to have a really good week this week. And Terry McLaurin's a, a really good receiver. He's going to give the Dallas Cowboys fits. He's definitely been kind of uh, on a cold streak lately, but I think this matchup is exactly what he needs, and he just lights it up and has a really huge day. And uh, the Cowboys are going to let him have a huge day because they can't stop anybody. So <laughs> they're going to watch him have a huge day too. My number two is Devontae Adams at the Texans. And if you haven't noticed a theme, I think the Packers are going to score points, score a lot of points, and you know this is going to be a, a shootout in regards to the Texans and the Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams is coming back from injury. I get it. It's kind of a scary play with someone coming back from injury. But I, I just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking at him all day long, and he's just going to uh, – score a lot of points, get a lot of yards, get a lot of touchdowns. So please play Devontae Adams. My number one star of the week is Calvin Ridley against the Lions. And I wanted to go Julio. I did, but, you know, he doesn't score touchdowns. And I know he scored two last week, and I think he's all touchdowned out now. I don't think Julio has any more touchdowns in him. So I think those are going to go to Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is going to have his customary big day against this Lions defense. The Lions can't defend the pass very well. They can't defend the receiver very well. Calvin Ridley is just the you know dynamic, can find the end zone at will, and he will do that in this matchup. So going on to the tight end position, my number three tight end is Travis Kelsey against the Broncos. It's not a good matchup, I don't like a lot of the tight end matchups in this one. And I'm just going with old reliable. He gets double-digit points every game. Mahomes is his quarterback. You know, if Mahomes is your quarterback, you have a chance. And I, you know, I just like Travis Kelsey in this one. My number two star of the week is Hunter Henry versus the Jaguars. We kind of touched on it a little bit. I think Herbert just finds him all day long, 
and he just you know marches up and down the field, scores touchdowns. This could be a multiple touchdown uh, day for Hunter Henry. It wouldn't surprise me, um, even if he gets like you know fifty to sixty yards receiving. Uh, I think the touchdowns are going to make the difference, and I think Hunter Henry gets a couple of those. So put him in your starting lineup. Uh, he's going to have a big day. My number one star of the week is kind of still staying on another theme. It's the T.J. Hawkinson's Detroit Lions at the Falcons. I think Matthew Stafford hits T.J. Hawkinson all game long. I think that uh, Hawkinson has the potential for a couple touchdowns, and I think he has the potential for more yards than Hunter Henry does. So I'm really liking Hawkinson in this matchup. Hawkinson's been a top 10 tight end so far this year. You just need to play him. He's going to be a star. You, you can thank me later for it. Um, and I guess my stamp of approval for sure, you know, Hawkinson and uh, Calvin Ridley and uh, Aaron Jones. And uh, I just really like all three of those players this week. I, I think they're going to be the top players of the week. So take it for what it's worth. We'll see if it pans out. I'm excited to find out, and we'll definitely be uh, around next week to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Well, that will do it for the week. This is the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Ms. The Wiz Montalban. We appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us, follow us, rate us, review us, do all the above. And uh, in the meantime, sit back, relax, watch your fantasy football team work their way towards glory and a victory. And uh, we'll be back next week to reconvene, talk about our hits, talk about our misses, uh, talk about all the in-between. In the meantime, cheers and uh, have a good week.